Hey everybody, this is Brian Zimmerman. And this is Matt McCucci. And you're listening to Jazz Is Crate Digging. Well, how do you do, Matt Micucci? Hi, Brian. It's great to be back, as always, and I'm excited to be talking about some great albums in this new episode of Crate Digging. That's right, Crate Digging. This is the show where we dig into the crate bins of our memory, the record bins of our memory, to come up with a list of records on a given theme. The idea being we're going back to the days where you would walk into an actual record store, you'd meet actual people, and recommend actual physical albums for others to listen to. None of this algorithm stuff, you know, none of these streaming services trying to get what, guess what you like. We're talking real people recommending real albums for other real people. That's the point. And Matt, uh, we've got a lovely theme for today, don't we? Right. Yes. This one, I guess, is an episode that is dedicated to particularly lovers. Uh, wherever they may be, wherever in the world you may be, this one is for you. These are our picks for Valentine's Day 2021. And it's interesting, Brian, because my relationships have always been disastrous. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, I've been married to my wife for, oh, I better get this right now. Uh, I guess almost six years. So, uh, yeah, we are recording this on a, a Wednesday uh, it's February 10th. Valentine's Day is this weekend. We've got a Sunday Valentine's Day, a Sunday kind of love, as Etta James would say. Um, and it is a weekend. So we, you know, we are giving you plenty of time now to not buy the chocolates, right? Order the flowers. It's Sunday. You have no excuse to miss breakfast in bed, people. We're getting an early jump on this. Exactly, yeah. And once again, it was difficult to narrow it down to three albums for me, also because love, of course, is a theme that has often been explored in all music. But again, that's that's kind of part of the fun of this of doing this show every week. You sort of have to pick wisely, choose your picks wisely, and I'm all for that. Yeah, you definitely do. You know, I kind of took an interesting approach to this mm. one. I'll be upfront with you, Matt. Oh. I found songs that I'd like that kind of represented Valentine's Day in some way. And I extrapolated from there and I picked the album that matched those songs. So that was the approach I took. I'm curious as to the approach you took. Now, you always share your albums with me. You're so generous. Uh, and that's great forethought. I, I just wait until the last second and I always surprise you with them. But uh, I like to be surprised, Brian. I'm they, all yeah, for that thank too. you. Appreciate that. Uh, but without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into this list of albums. We each picked three albums each. And Matt, I would love uh, to know your first album on the list. Yeah, I'm going to open up with uh, just a good old album of standard romantic ballads and also one documenting the pairing of saxophone legend John Coltrane and vocalist Johnny Hartman. Their self-titled debut album was actually, well, their self-titled only album, I should say, <laughs> was released in 1963. And it was actually the only album Coltrane recorded as a leader with a vocalist. So that's interesting. And it's kind of a match made in heaven because... They both really complement each other's warm, smooth, soothing voices, Coltrane's, of course, being the instrumental voice. And I must say that Johnny Hartman uh, really has that old-fashioned crooner's voice, recalls at times 
at least to me, uh, the voice of Bing Crosby. So it's not surprising that he was a bit skeptical of this collaboration at first because I read that he didn't really see himself as a jazz singer. Uh, but in the end, it's a good thing that we did get this album because it's just a beautiful, tender album and kind of an underrated one, I feel, in Coltrane's fable discography. Although I suppose that speaks more to the quality of Coltrane's oofs than anything else. And not to mention that this uh, is one of his albums to also feature the members of his classic quartet McCoy Tyner, Jimmy Garrison and Alvin Jones and you can't go wrong with pretty much anything those guys recorded from 1962 to 1965 I love it Matt let's go ahead and listen to a track If there's a moon up above It's wonderful Wonderful They say Yeah, Matt, I'm so glad you picked this album. It is truly one of my favorites. Uh, it's a kind of an odd pairing. You're right. You don't at first blush think it would work. Uh, Johnny Hartman has that rich baritone, again, kind of in the crooner style. And, you know, John Coltrane was moving into his modernist, you know, kind of, uh, you know, post bebop approach. But it is a match made in heaven. The tunes are just beautiful. They say it's wonderful. My one and only love. You are too beautiful. They've got a gorgeous version of Lush Life on this album. Uh, one of my favorites of all time, Matt. Great pick. All right, we shall move on to my first album here. When I think Valentine's Day, when I think jazz love songs, the first one that springs to mind for me goes a little something like this. There I go, there I go, there I go, there I go. I won't sing any more for you. I'll spare your ears the damage. Uh, but that is, of course, Moody's Mood for Love. A great tune. I'm honing in here on the 1952 version by vocalist Eddie Jefferson, who, of course, derived the melody um, from a solo by saxophonist James Moody uh, on the song I'm in the Mood for Love from 1949. Uh, and this was basically vocalese. It was an early example of vocalese. Eddie Jefferson kind of took the melody of that solo and wrote his own lyrics to it. This vocalese phenomenon would later explode. Uh, but as you know, this version of the song Moody's Mood for Love has been covered by everybody. I mean, 
George Benson, famously, Aretha Franklin, Van Morrison, Quincy Jones, Amy Winehouse, Patti LaBelle, the saxophonist Najee. There's just something about this magic pairing of the lyrics that Eddie Jefferson wrote to this solo that James Moody played again on this 1949 take on I'm in the Mood for Love. Uh, oh, King Pleasure. You can't leave out King Pleasure, who, who made this song probably the most famous. But uh, so for my album, I pick the 1956 album Moody's Mood for Love that paired Eddie Jefferson with the original soloist James Moody. This was an album they put out together uh, and this was kind of the standout track but it had a bunch of other great tunes on it um, including You Go to My Head, Billy's Billy's Bounce, Stardust, Mean to Me. Um, It featured James Moody on reeds, tenor saxophone and flute, uh, Johnny Coles on trumpet, uh, Benny Golson, believe it or not, played piano on one track, and of course, Eddie Jefferson coming in and guesting on that version of I'm in the Mood for Love. So, Matt, without further ado, can we please fire up the track, I'm in the Mood for Love? Featuring Eddie Jefferson and James Moody. There I go, there I go, there I go, there I go. Pretty baby, you are the soul that stops my control. Such a funny thing, but every time you're near me, I never can behave. You give me a smile and then I'm wrapped up in your magic. There's music all around me. Crazy music, music that keeps calling me so very close to you, turns me your slave. Come and do with me any little thing you want to. Anything, baby, just let me get next to you. Am I insane or do I really see heaven in your eyes? Bright as stars that shine up above, you're in the clear blue sky. How I worry about you, just can't live my life without you, baby, come here. Don't have no fear, oh, is there wonder why I'm really feeling in the mood for love. And tell me why, stop to think about this weather, my dear. This little dream might fade away. There I go talking out of my head again. Oh, baby, won't you Alrighty, come man. What'd you think, man? Well, you know, that's also one of my favorite songs. And uh, you mentioned a few artists that have covered that song. And I must say that I cover that song pretty much every time I take a shower. <laughs> Beautiful. I, you're not alone in that regard. That's for sure. <laughs> All right. So it's my turn again. And uh, so... Earlier, I talked about uh, a match made in heaven, uh, the one between John Coltrane and Johnny Hartman. That was a one-time short-lived affair. The collaboration between Miles Davis and Gil Evans was something else entirely. Um, Together, they worked on a bunch of projects and they are known uh, by many as masterminds of the cool movement. And Porky and Bess, the album I chose to talk about here, was their second full-length collaboration. Um, Many of us know the story of jazz musicians being frustrated at the time by the limitations of big band jazz and bebop, and we won't get into that too much here. Uh, But uh, Davis was uh, 
really one of the first or one of the major figures to seek newfound creative impulse. And he also did that via a lyrical literal approach, aided, of course, by this very partnership, which he formed with, um, with Evans, whose orchestrations and arrangements created a perfect setting for Davis to really just do his thing on the trumpet and the, on the flugelhorn. And Porgy and Bess, like I said, was their second, I, I like to say, feature-length collaboration because, in fact, we're talking about an adaptation of the great George Gershwin blues-based opera about the title Star-Crossed Lovers. And Maddie would say that this is also the best version of Porgy and Bess ever recorded, and I definitely agree. This is a sublime album that is both musically and emotionally engaging, which is why I would say that even though there are standout tracks, to get the full experience, you really have to listen to the album from start to finish and all the way through. And maybe a a good idea this Valentine's Day uh, would be to have a listening party with this historic album, especially given that many people will unfortunately have to be staying at home. Uh, and speaking of standout tracks, all the tracks, of course, on the on this 1959 LP were uh, composed by Gershwin, except for one titled Gone, uh, which is credited to Evans himself. And uh, what do you say we listen to a bit of that right now, Brian? Yeah, let's do it. Beautiful pairing indeed, Matt. Uh, cannot go wrong. Like Valentine's Day candy and flowers. Uh, Gil Evans. <laughs> Beautiful <Davis>. stuff. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and speaking of flowers, you know, that's kind of the classic Valentine's Day gift. You show up with a bouquet of flowers, you're bound to make anyone happy. I was trying to think of some flower-themed jazz songs, and there are a few out there, of course. You know, uh, Flower is a Lovesome Thing by Billy Strayhorn. Uh, but one of my favorite flower theme songs period has to be forget me nots by the keyboardist patrice russian you know forget me not is a type of flower and forget me nots is the standout track from patrice russian's 1982 hit album straight from the heart uh now patrice russian a lot of people know her from her kind of funk soul jazz poppy music which she's god one you know 
R&B instrumental Grammys for. And yeah, she has an incredible jazz resume. I mean, playing with everybody from guitarist Kenny Burrell to the trumpeter Eddie Henderson to Wallace Roney and Jean-Luc Ponty. I mean, she really has her jazz chops. Um, this album, Straight From The Heart, is definitely a little more jazz, pop, R&B, but uh, does it groove. I mean, that main track, Forget Me Nots, such a groover. And of course, you know it because it was sampled by Will Smith for his song, Men in Black. Uh, yeah. decades later. Uh, but hey, you know, there's no denying a good groove. And, you know, a lot of people might say this isn't jazz per se, but Matt, if loving this album is wrong, then I don't want to be right, my friend. <laughs> so can we please give a listen to Forget Me Nots from Patrice Russian's 1982 album, Straight From The Heart? there a funkier way to remind you to buy flowers matt i don't, I don't think, think so. so i don't think so either ryan what a song <laughs> what a hit love it all right so it's time for my third and final pick i you know i, I struggle to really come up with, with to narrow it down to three albums i had a couple of albums in mind but i wanted to you know come to recent times with an album uh, by one of I, I believe the most visionary vo new voices or newer voices in jazz. Uh, uh, Marquise Hill is a trumpeter, uh, producer, composer. And uh, so, yeah, the album I wanted to talk about is Love Tape from 2019. Actually, I it, it was one of my favorite albums that had been released that year. And the driving theme of this record is, of course, love, a theme of often explored in music, like I said in the introduction, but Hill's approach was was different. And a real starting point for him was uh, to assemble interviews with women, sharing their thoughts on uh, the matter, and then extrapolating quotes from the recorded interviews and sort of crafting heavenly soul jazz meets electronica pieces uh, around them. The result is just this wonderful music that you can chill out to. Uh, but also this being Valentine's Day, hey, a great record for those uh, <clears throat> intimate lovers moments, if you know what I mean. Anyways, um, 
I should also mention that a second version of this album was released, a vocal version, in fact, uh, was released sometime later, I think uh, a year later, um, and it's called Love Tape with Voices, and that features vocal versions of the instrumentals of that of the original album. I think it's just as noteworthy. They're both great, both different, uh, both great. And the two LPs actually share one track in common. The final track, Wednesday Love, with uh, Christy Dashiell uh, on vocals. So Brian, what do you say we listen to a bit of that track right now? That would be awesome. just Marquis Hill is such a creative player it's so fluid it's so liquid he's great yeah winner of the Thelonious Monk International Jazz Trumpet Competition as a matter of fact um, just a beautiful beautiful player nice pick Matt way to close it out um, you know for my final album look when we're talking Valentine's Day and we're talking jazz there's really one song that comes to mind and we've been dancing around the elephant in the room to mix metaphors for a while now matt <laughs> i think I know we're, where you're going. <laughs> we're talking of course about my funny valentine um now look this track appears on a number of albums most famously miles davis's right from 1964 my funny valentine miles davis in concert that actually came from a recording, a live recording in 1964. It was released in 1965, uh, featuring an early iteration of Miles Davis's second great quintet with Herbie Hancock on piano, Ron Carter on bass, Tony Williams on drums, and George Coleman on saxophone. It was actually George Coleman's last recording with that quintet. Um, and countless other albums, including some great ones by you know Chet Baker. And it goes on and on and on. I had to pick one. I had to pick one album that kind of featured my funny Valentine prominently. And so the album I went with is 1954's Songs for Young Lovers by Frank Sinatra. 
Um, this was his first release on Capitol Records. Uh, it was interesting. It was a 10-inch album, eight tracks. It was a 45 RPM, so it was kind of more like the, like an EP that you would see uh, today. But it's a great, great album, a National Recording Registry album. Um, beautiful work with Nelson Riddle, you know, as you've come to expect. But yeah, the album opens up with that famous Rodgers and Hart track, my funny valentine and boy does frank sinatra do it justice um he has really kind of hit his stride with that famous phrasing uh of his and just puts a really poetic spin on it it's a beautiful album top to bottom i mean like i say leads off with my funny valentine but uh, girl next door is on there a foggy day like someone in, in love um and ends with another flowers tune violets for your furs but you know you can't deny uh that when it comes to singing love songs few rival the chairman of the board old blue eyes himself frank sinatra so matt what do you say we end this thing with frank sinatra and his rendition of my funny valentine from 1954's songs for young lovers my funny valentine Sweet comic valentine You make me smile With my heart Your looks are laughable Unphotographable Yet you're my favorite work of art Is your figure less than Greek? Is your mouth a little weak? When you open it to speak Are you smart? But don't change your hair for me Not if you care for me Stay, little Valentine, stay Each day is Valentine's Day All right, and that does it. My Funny Valentine from Frank Sinatra's Songs for for Young Lovers. Uh, always an interest, if you actually sit down and parse the lyrics of that tune, yeah. it's, it's uh, kind of an interesting one, Matt. Yeah, and it's always interesting to hear how different people, how different artists interpret it as well. But yeah, this is a great pioneering concept album by All Blue Eyes himself. Yep, yep. Well, that does it. That that wraps up our Valentine's Day special. Uh, like yeah. we said, we post these things on our website and online on Facebook. And when we do, we'd love to hear from you some of your favorite love-themed albums. So please let us know in the comments. If you're listening uh, on Apple, on Spotify, on Stitcher, please subscribe. That's the best thing you can do to help us get uh, the podcast out into the world to spread the love. So yeah, please subscribe. And if you're uh, following us on Facebook, leave a comment because that helps a lot too. Anyway, Matt, another successful crate digging in the books. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that was great, Brian. And I take this opportunity to wish all the lovers of the world listening to this episode right now a happy Valentine's Day. 
Absolutely. Check us out on jazzes.com. Uh, you can give a gift, actually, if there's a jazz lover in your life. Perfect gift this Valentine's Day is a digital subscription to jazzes.com. So you can log on to jazzes.com, click subscribe, and sign up for a gift subscription. You can write a nice little note. They'll get an, an email in their inbox. Uh, it'll be perfect. How romantic. Absolutely. There's nothing more romantic than that. That's Can't so think true. of anything more romantic. All right, Matt, I've got some flowers to buy. I've got some (laughs) chocolates to sample. Uh, I'm going to hit the road here, but this has been fun. It's absolutely, it's been a lot of fun. All right, Matt, signing off for another episode of Crate Digging. Bye-bye.